0: If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, check out the Classic Football Shirts HQ at the Box in Hackney. Screen in every World Cup match with a pop up shop, World Cup artwork, and small shirt display from the 14th to the 24th of June. Tickets for guaranteed entry can be bought through Eventbrite. Just search Classic Football Shirts London. This
1: is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lines Podcast.
2: Hello there and welcome to episode 27 of the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne. 25th of June, 2006. England won, Ecuador nil. David Beckham, 60 minutes. The last time England won a knockout game in a tournament. Fast forward, 3rd of July, 2018. This was finally put to bed as we again overcame yellow-shirted South Americans. Not only was it a result that was needed but the fact it came via penalties. Of course, it's well documented how unsuccessful we've been, losing to West Germany, Argentina and Portugal in World Cups, and again in European Championships. So to finally put that hoodoo to bed is a massive lift, especially for Gareth Southgate, who must have felt a large weight lifted from his shoulders. Back in April, Gareth Southgate met with supporters going out to Russia at a fans' forum. One of the questions put to him was inevitably about penalties. Here is what he said then.
1: I have to do it. It's a question, so I have to read it out. But we're going to, we're going to talk about penalty shootouts. Okay, this is one step over here. Given your experience with penalty shootouts whilst representing England, how difficult is it to fully prepare yourself for shootout conditions at a major tournament? And have you been practising? Yeah. yeah, we... Um when we had the shootout in '96, obviously not as many games went to shootouts. Um, the, the tournament in 90 did. Um, but FA Cup <laughs> ties for example, went three or four replays. you know they just went on and on and on. So there weren't many shootout experiences really. Um, we did a little bit of practice, but when I look back now at how we might have done it and in the teams that played in subsequently, I don't think we did it we prepared anywhere near enough. That's not a criticism of the coaches at the time, because I said Terry was the best I worked with, but we just weren't sure what preparation could be done. Um, so we've we've already started a couple of projects with the players and with our analysis teams on successful and unsuccessful shootouts. We've analysed um, what happens at the end of a game, um, you know, because... Uh, how do, it's not even discussed for example, we've got footage of uh, players who maybe want to be left alone to their own thoughts with one of the kit men or one of the other players constantly telling them where they should be diving, there's a brilliant one of Dave James who's just trying to focus on something and he keeps walking away from whoever's giving him advice, so these are things we've got to be clear on, what's, what's our roles, because it can be chaos at the end of a game, then there's technically okay, who needs help with practice who just wants to be left alone. So Harry Kane, Jamie Vardy, they are regular penalty takers. They have their own routine. They know what they're doing. They're comfortable if there's a delay. Um, They probably don't want too much interference from us. But players like myself who weren't regular takers, we probably need to practice one or two specific penalties so that we've got a couple of options in the bag. Make our decision on where we're gonna go. So we're then able to say to them, look, these are the areas of the goal, percentage-wise, that are are more successful. These are the areas goalkeepers tend to dive towards. With the goalkeepers, there's lots of things on, can you distract the opponent? Can you study the the opposition? Where do they go under pressure? So there's actually, goodness me, there's a huge project that that we're in the middle of. Um, So for sure, we will be preparing. Um, and we will prepare as as best we can. Can we exactly replicate what that feels like? Well, no, but the closer you can get to that, the better chance we have of succeeding, I think. So um, it would be foolish for us not to have learned from what's gone in the past. Textbook. You heard
2: it here first, stuff. Now we'll talk more about the game with Gary Jordan very soon. He's author of the 1982 England book Out of the Shadows. Well, just as a mere football fan, this World Cup has been impossible to predict. I think in the last podcast, I said France would beat Argentina, which I got correct. I sat on the fence for Uruguay against Portugal. Spain would pass Russia, got that one wrong. I said Croatia would beat Denmark, correct, but they made hard work of it. Brazil to beat Mexico, correct, but Mexico ran them hard. Belgium, Japan, again, I predicted Belgium, but there was a point where I thought they just didn't fancy it. Until the last minute, it has to be said. Uh, And I have to say, I really felt for Japan. Sweden would beat Switzerland. Correct. And I backed England against Colombia. Never thought it would be the game it actually was, though. Incidentally, CJ predicted it would go to extra time. We'll speak with him soon. So we have our quarterfinals. Only Europe and South America left. Let's see how I can do this time. Uruguay against France, again I think France can progress although they've shown they can be suspect at the back. Cavani and Suarez can cause them damage but I think France will outscore them. Brazil v Belgium, probably the one everyone around the world will be tuning into and probably the hardest to call again. Brazil are going to pull Belgium apart if they play like they did against Japan and I don't think we've seen the best of Brazil that we just know and love just yet so I'm going to I'm going to go for Brazil on that one. Sweden against England. Twice we've met them in the World Cup. 2002 and 2006. Both have been draws. Something is going to have to give. The momentum and spirit the Colombia game will have given the boys has to mean something. We have to go through. Russia, Croatia. Well, who saw Russia going past Spain? Not me. I'm going to say it again. I think Croatia will see the hosts off at times, it feels like the big boys haven't really taken this tournament seriously. Going out to so-called weaker teams. Or perhaps there aren't weaker teams in this tournament anymore. Germany in the group. Argentina not showing anything near their capabilities. Likewise, Spain going out to Russia. How they didn't step it up within 120 minutes, I don't know. Current European champions, Portugal, also going out. I think again, as I said in the last podcast, this is anyone's World Cup. So let's take a look at that Columbia game uh, from last night. England employed the same starting lineup that passed Tunisia in our first game. That was Pickford, Walker, Stones, Maguire, Henderson, Trippier. Lingard, Ali Young, Sterling and Kane. And here to have a uh, a chat with us and go through it is Gary Jordan, author of Out of the Shadows, the story of England's 1982 World Cup team. Gary. Hello. You're well?
3: Yeah, all good, thanks. How are you?
2: Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Well, what did did we make of it last night?
3: Well, I think like the rest of the nation, we're still trying to come down off cloud nine. Yeah feet back on the ground firm, I think, like the, uh, probably the team are, I'd imagine. Uh, Southgate seems to um, have got his head screwed on and he's already thinking about Sweden, as he said in his uh, interview afterwards. So uh, I think the rest of us have to do that as well. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, you're right. Yes, yeah, always, always move on. Um, I, were, were we expecting it to be such a such a physical game?
3: Again, I think in his interview afterwards, he said that he was expecting something like that, but perhaps not as much as it was. Uh, it got very touchy very, very quickly for some reason. Um, there was no real need for what they were doing. Um, from what we'd seen in the previous games, they were quite a good side to actually pass the ball about and try and work their way around us. But for some reason, they wanted to um, not do that and try and put the boot in, as it were.
2: Yeah, I, I heard someone else um, say that if, if they'd have actually played how they how we know we they can play and how they played in the, their previous three games, they could have could have really done some damage, yeah. but just they decided to go down a totally different route.
3: Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. If they played like they did in the last uh, two games especially, um, the first one was a bit uh, tricky for them because they went a man down so, so quickly in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if they played the way they did in the last two games, um, their pace could have certainly scared us at the back. Um, we're not the fastest back, back three. Um, they're very, very um, organised, but I wouldn't say they're the quickest. Um, so they could have really got us that way. But for some reason, they they decided to go the opposite direction and try to um, kick their way through the game.
2: Yeah, and and I think a lot of credit should go to to the England team for for not rising to it.
3: Yeah, um, again, that shows I think obviously the way the staff have got, got their the, the the mentality into the team to not rise to these things, and obviously they know that South American teams could do this, um, and they they said, you know, if anything. Does happen on the pitch like that? Not, not to get involved. There was a couple of moments where they sort of went toe to toe with a couple of the players, but it didn't really go beyond that. So, went enough favour as well. I think they realised that no matter what they tried to do, it wasn't going to get get to the lads, and uh, they could carry on playing the way we we were meant to play.
2: And and it wasn't wasn't even just the players, was it? As as half time came, it was one of their. I never actually found out who it was on their on their bench or their staff that shoulder barged Sterling.
3: Yeah, it was a bit odd um, obviously the cameras with well, cameras are everywhere these days catch up in, uh, anything but it was a bit odd they, they, they picked up on that and uh, he didn't get sort of punished for it the, the, obviously the fourth official was involved on the sideline and he sort of was, was giving him the no can't do that can't get away with that but obviously he did to a certain extent so yeah obviously they, they tried to get us get to us whichever way they could and thankfully as you said we didn't rise to it and it didn't work out that way
2: and and you mentioned the, the cameras. There's there's so many cameras around grounds Snell, aren't there? And and it's it's amazing that that um, the the incident with Henderson, um, and and Barrios went unnoticed as well.
3: Well, yeah, the, um, the head. I mean, obviously it was there and it was there for to see, and obviously the referee was sort of advised as to what went on. Um, when you look at one of the replays, um, he did have have his back to it. He was organising the the left hand side of the ball and this happened on the right side. Um, and obviously uh, the, the players noticed it straight away, the English players, um, and, and called for them to have a look at it. They did, and obviously that's where he got the yellow yellow card from. Should have been a red, maybe, possibly. It's one of those ones where you can say, yes, you have seen him given. Obviously, it's a straight headbutt. If it's in the letter of the law, then he, he's got to go. Yeah. Um, the referee's interpretation of it wasn't wasn't deemed to be a, a, a deliberate act. I can only imagine that's the way he, why he didn't go.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, uh different referees, different um yeah. different ways of interpreting the rules the, the rules. He was he's actually from America, wasn't he? Mark guy, American referee. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, not not that that's saying that he, it's any different to uh to to any other any other referee in the in the tournament. But let's let's talk more about England Harry Kane he's, he's put his penalty away and he's uh, he's on on the on the march now for a golden boot. Do you think he can do that?
3: I think he probably will there's not many others now left, even if we were to go out in the next round. Um, I don't think there's many others that can actually go past him at this stage. Um, you'd like to think obviously you'd get one more in the next game, um, takes him up to seven and then that probably puts him three or four ahead of any other uh, player that's probably still active in the tournament.
2: So that, that next game is Sweden. How, how do you see that going?
3: (laughs) Well, um, Unfortunately, I can only see it being as tight as it was uh, last night um, and we'll be on the edge of our seats again. Um, completely different, obviously, what, the way they, where, where Sweden will approach the game to, to Colombia, um, but just as organised, if not more so. Um, they know a lot of our players, um, obviously from the European game, um, would, would have studied us hard. Um, there's no reason why they will fear us. Um, that, that's, that, that's the thing now. Um, at this stage, no team will look, and look at another one and go. Well, there's no reason why we can't beat them. We're here for a reason. We've, we've yeah. got here on merit, so we, we, there's no reason why we can't can't go on further. Um, and, you know, progress themselves. The thing that strikes me with Sweden as well is the fact a lot of people, not so much forget, but um, when you go back to qualifying, they come out of a tough qualifying group, and for, for the playoffs, pl- playoffs they they beat in Italy, so that, so they're not a team that you know, can just be, be dismissed. They, they're obviously there for a reason. They've beaten top teams. They're not playing lavish, stylish football, but they're playing Swedish football, which is, you know, they get through the games by doing what they do, yeah. organised, snatch a goal here and there where they can. And that's the thing as well. When you look at the game um, they played yesterday afternoon against Switzerland, um, they're not great in front of goal. Um, but you get the feeling that they could get a game where they do get two or three, and I'm, I'm hoping obviously it's not this, this weekend. Yeah, course, but, yeah, because yeah, obviously every team I think in, in the World Cup has a game where they will get three, four, five, where everything does go in. We've had that um, this this tournament. France have maybe had theirs against Argentina, where they got four, and maybe the next round against Uruguay they'll struggle. So. Um, let's hope it doesn't come this weekend. But you get a feeling that if they get their shooting boots on, um, they'll be tough to break down. And if they do get a goal early, then we could struggle.
2: Yeah. Well, let's let's hope it doesn't doesn't um, go that well, way. Sure. <laughs> I mean, going back to the game last night, I was obviously finished on penalties. How, how did you read into that? What what was going through your mind?
3: Um, well, I mean, obviously before that, I was thinking when, when we were not as so much sitting back, um, for the last quarter of an hour, 20 minutes. But we were certainly not going forward as much as we would probably would have liked to. Um, I don't think we sat back and obviously thought, well, let's, let's, let's just ride this through now. But the more it got into like the, the, the latter stages, 85 minutes and onwards, you think, oh, something could happen here and it could really bite us. Yeah. Um, and obviously it did. Um, and then extra time was wasn't really much. There was nothing really much going on, I think. Both teams... Um, with the situation they didn't obviously want to lose the game so weren't that that, that adventurous Penalties well we all know the history um, when Henderson missed his it, it was a sinking feeling There's nothing, I think the whole the whole yeah. footballing nation thought you know oh, it's going to happen again it really is going to happen again um, and then obviously we, we were let off the hook their, their player hit the, hit the bar and then from there obviously that just lifted us up again Um I think I think the key thing as well is that all of our penalties were good penalties. Even Henderson's, it was well struck. It was just a good save. He went the right way and got a good good hand to it. Um, and I think again afterwards um, the interview was saying about owning the process. I think that whole thing about be positive, go from halfway line, don't don't slouch, look positive, put the ball down, make your mind up and go that way. And I think each player really really did get get in the zone for that. Um, and it and it paid off.
2: And I mean, as well, credit as well goes to uh, Jordan Pickford as well. Um, his save and indeed the save, unfortunately, led to the corner that led to their goal. Um, yeah. But, but he's turning into a cracking keeper, isn't he?
3: Yeah. I mean, obviously, that that sort of got overlooked, and the fact that it, did, it didn't even get a replay where everything was going. No. On. Everything no. was so fast, and they went straight to the commercial break. Obviously, with, with the coverage, um, there was no chance for replay. Back straight back into the action. And it was only to afterwards they could sort of sit down and, and, and analyse the game. They actually saw how good a save that was because that strike was really good. and That was flying top corner, no doubt about it. So the touch that he got was, was amazing. And it, it, even, with the, even with their goal, the equalising goal, um, you, can't, you can't fault him for that. Um, and we were unlucky because obviously I think it was trippier on the line. Almost got the right angle to put that over the, over the bar.
2: Yeah, it just bounced down over him, didn't it? it bounced yeah, down. Yeah,
3: it, it, it did get a touch, but it obviously it wasn't enough to to, to to guide it over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, with I think I think the the, the criticism, criticism after the um, Belgian game was wasn't really needed. Every player is going to have one of those games where where he um, has a bad game um, or makes a 4 or two, but it was a game that wasn't really. It, it didn't mean too much. So we had to pick up on small things and he was one of the ones that I obviously got picked up on. So the, the, the confidence that he's had by obviously saying, with Southgate saying, you're still the number one keeper, you're still my man. And then the save at the end would obviously give him great, great confidence. And yeah, the way, the way he, he um, in the shootout, he was making himself big, jumping up and down. he, he was He was a presence in the goal. And he guessed right, I think, on two or three of the first ones, and then obviously was was spot on with the uh, with the one just after Trippier's uh, Trippier's goal.
2: That's right, yeah. So, I mean, just on on the whole of the World Cup, what what are your general thoughts?
3: A lot of people are saying it's it's the best for a long, long time. They're probably saying the best since '98. I think a lot of people are saying. Mm. Um, Entertainment wise, yes, it's got a lot of people, but um, a lot of teams have got a lot of, a lot of credit for. Showing up when perhaps they they shouldn't have done. Having said that, apart from Germany, perhaps there's no real surprises. I don't think a lot of the big teams, expected teams, are going through. There's been a lot of people saying a lot of shocks, but you're still seeing a lot of the favoured teams go going through. But yeah, I mean, obviously for the way we've gone with VAR now, um, the technology and the last minute goals we've had, keeping the drama going, so you never know which way a game's going to go. That that's that's been a real positive. Yeah. Um, and I- has added to the drama element, if not the actual fairness side of it, getting getting those getting those major decisions right.
2: I think it's just going to be part and parcel of the game, though, isn't it? It's something we're just going to have to get used to. At the, yeah, at the...
3: yeah. And obviously, you know, being the first major tournament with it, there are going to be those initial problems. And like you said about the referee as well, they're not always going to see the same things. If you had the, if you had a clone referee, then obviously you know you get every decision would would be would be spot on every time. But yeah, there's still that human nature element to it, which is good. You have to have that. You have to have that um, on on the pitch. But for the big decisions, I think it's it's making. I think there's only been maybe one or two that have still been. Oh, that wasn't quite the right decision.
2: I don't. I don't think it's going to be a World Cup that's remembered solely for for VAR, is it? I think it will. It it might be there in in like the the subtext of say a review of the World Cup, but I don't think people will say, oh yeah. 2018 World Cup was ruined by VAR, um, yeah, well, as you unless,
3: say. unless one of the last few games obviously has one of those moments, I mean, yeah, you know, one of the, you know, in, the, in the actual final itself, so we have one of those moments where the whole thing was decided by a decision like that. It would just be awful if that happened.
2: Well, let, let's keep our fingers crossed. Uh, has it been as good as 1982, is the question?
3: Well, obviously, a completely different uh, type of tournament. In terms of... Um, a, a, 82 was like a new era for the game. More teams were involved. TV was coming into its own. in terms of broadcasting actual uh, tournament um, to bring it to the masses. So it's difficult to compare it. But in terms of excitement and actual quality, I think it's there. There were a lot of quality teams in 82. Italy, Brazil, uh, Germany and France, England. There, there were a lot of quality on the pitch. Um, had its own dramas as well. But... Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult to compare, but it's 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 definitely up there.
2: Yeah, yeah and I say that because obviously you, you've written the book on on England's journey in 1982. Is it still still being received well. How's how's yeah, it going?
3: Yeah, yeah, um, still getting some good uh, good reviews. Um, a lot of people still still picking it up, and obviously with the World Cup now, a lot of people seeing it on on the shelves. So yeah, it's good.
2: You can get that in the bookshop or Amazon as well. I think, can't you?
3: Yeah, that's that's, that's probably the main outlet. Get it from there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is it is around in the bookstores as well.
2: Okay, well, Gary, thank you very much for joining us. Um, continue to enjoy the World Cup. Fingers crossed for uh, England against Sweden.
3: Yes, uh, definitely. Um, like I said, I think it'll be close, but um, hopefully it won't be penalties this time. Hopefully we get a result in the 90 minutes.
2: That's, that's the good thinking. I like that. Gary, thank you very much.
3: No problem. Thank you.
2: If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, check out the Classic Football Shirts HQ at the box in Hackney, screening every World Cup match with a pop-up shop, World Cup artwork and a small shirt display from the 14th to the 24th of June. Tickets for guaranteed entry can be bought through Eventbrite. Just search Classic Football Shirts London. Right, so I'd like to welcome uh, again, is our roving reporter to the Three Lions podcast. Is CJ Joyner, who was there last night in the Spartak Stadium in Moscow to witness. It is pretty much a historic event for England, that. CJ. Hello. You all right? I'm not bad. Where do we start? Where do we start? The game, the penalties, the atmosphere, the feelings, the relief. What, what was it for you?
4: Uh, I mean, it was just unbelievable. Um, I said before the game, I thought it would go to extra time and we'd win it in extra time. That's what I thought. I thought. I thought one, one and then win it in extra time. However, I thought that we, we had more bottle as a team than what they did. So I thought that we'd probably concede first and then score late on. Right. And then score again in extra time. So i kind of got it the other way around, but um, yeah, I, th- I just think it was just, it was just brilliant. I, th- the performance wasn't the best, I must say. I, I thought quite a few players are struggling. Deli Ali looked dead on his feet after about half an hour, and he sh-
2: should have gone. Should have um, swapped yeah. him. Half time,
4: yeah, half time at the absolute latest. I think you know. I, I don't know. I don't know what the decision was. I don't know what. I mean, you can't really say much about Dyer now, I suppose. But at the end of the day, he. Came, he came when we when he came on. We were thinking, well, why not bring on Loftus Cheek? Because I think it was one nil at the time, and we were thinking, surely Loftus Cheek is more of a like for like.
2: Yeah.
4: And let's face it, we can't be shutting up shop now. Um, one one of the one of the issues that we had was that when he took off when he took off Ali to start with, he should have done that probably half an hour into the game, half-time at, at worst, really. Um, when he when he took him off, um, I think we were 1-0 down. I 1-0 do, up. I, oh, sorry, yeah, 1-0 up, yeah. I do... I, we It wasn't time to shut up shop and I think lost his sheet would have been the better option. <clears throat> and the other thing with that as well was that Dio then... Uh, no, not Diet Henderson then got himself a yellow card and was... Living a charmed life, really. I thought I thought the ref was going to send someone off.
2: Oh yeah, I and mean, it, it yeah, wasn't going I, to be one of ours. The way it yeah, was going.
4: Well, I I thought he was going to send someone off, and he was he was desperate. To, he was handing out so many cards; it was like Christmas, wasn't it? And it oh, yeah. it, it was just yeah. And I, I think when that happened, that basically meant that Dyer was on the pitch already, and you couldn't then take Henderson off for Dyer. If you get what I mean, it, yep. it just affected the dynamic so uh, a little bit. So that that affected things there. And if Henderson had got set, I don't know what we would have done next game because Henderson has been, a, I wouldn't say a revelation this tournament, but he's he's had a pretty good tournament really. He's, he's certainly given
2: he's certainly given his critics something else to think about, hasn't he?
4: Definitely, yeah.
2: Did you see? Or, or did, did you know what was going on with the, was it Barros, um, I think, who, who supposedly headbutted, or he didn't he did headbutt Henderson. Did, did you see what was going on there? Have you...
4: All we saw was a crowd of players. Uh, that it's down the other end to where the England fans all were. So we saw a crowd of players. We saw Colombians and English players checking, make sure, make, checking, making sure one of our players is all right. Mm. So we thought, Well, what's going on here? Then I got I got a WhatsApp message saying, Who does he think he is? Zidane. And I thought, <laughs> Oh, it must have had, but it must have been a headbutt or something. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense because there a load of Colombians to be Colombians like just checking on him. And it, 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 do you know do you know what I mean? It was it was a little bit like that. And we we think we, we didn't know what was going on until we saw we saw WhatsApp messages from home or what have you. <laughs> so what i've got to ask is why didn't he take it to var i don't don't understand why that didn't go to var
2: yeah that's exactly what we thought when we were watching it it's it's a horrendous challenge someone in his ear has got to say have a look at the monitor for yourself
4: i I haven't actually seen it i haven't seen any the only highlight i've seen over and over and over and over and over again i just can't stop watching it it's pixels safe oh yeah uh, I'm just, I'm watching it over, and as a goalkeeper, I'm just watching that thinking, that is just so good. That is ridiculously good. And, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had mixed feelings about him, actually. I've gone from saying this, at the start of this tournament, I said, I can see one of our players becoming a standout performer and going to Madrid. And all my, all my mates are just guessing the guessing the, the player right and i said do you know what i think if jordan pickford has a good tournament and makes madrid need a goalkeeper you know that there's going to be a lot of other clubs need a goalkeeper i know it's just gone for everton for how much it was a lot of money but 30 million At the end of the day there's some big 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 clubs i mean obviously arsenal have got have got their keeper sorted i think chelsea need they got you need a goalkeeper you know it could be said you could be argued that real madrid need a goalkeeper you just don't know And I, I just think you just don't know. He's still young. He's still got a long way to go with with to learning, and you just don't know on that.
2: Well, we're gonna we'll come to a point soon where they're going to be thinking of the the team of the tournament. Um, There's a there's a distinct possibility that Pickford could be that uh, that goalkeeper in the team of the tournament.
4: Well, penalty penalty saved, and that saved during the game. I know they scored just that they scored just after didn't they? So. But still it's it, it, it doesn't matter as far as i You took a look at the save and you, yeah. he's commanded himself pretty well. And you've got to look it's his first major tournament, so you can't really criticise the guy.
2: No, last last penalty save made by an England goalkeeper was uh, in a penalty shootout as David Seaman.
5: Ninety eight. Um, uh,
2: I mean how how were the penalties gone? What how many fingernails have you got left? No.
4: Just literally none. It's it it was but do you know what? It's weird. My my mate said to me, As soon as Henderson missed that, I think there was two four penalties left, two for each team. And it was like, Well, that's it, isn't it? But do you know what? There wasn't a single time this tournament that I thought, we're going out. And I haven't actually thought that once during this tournament and I haven't actually thought, Oh like even when we scored a last minute when they scored that last minute equalizer, I still thought, Oh you know, God, you know, for God's sake, it was just an annoyance more than anything that we got to suffer extra time. It never entered my head that we'd lose. It just, it just genuinely didn't. Belgium was obviously different. Belgium didn't really matter whether we lost, draw or whatever or just abandon the game. I don't think either team cared. Hmm. But the other two games, even then, Tunisia, I was constantly thinking, we're going to score here. We're going to score. We're going to get a goal. We're going to get a goal. We're going to get a goal. <laughs> And obviously, Panama. Well, you know, we, we kept thinking we are going to score every two minutes. So, <laughs> you know, it, 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 at what time is kick-off? Well, every, what, about every eight, nine minutes, something like that. <laughs> That's how I look at it with that. But there hasn't been a single time when I thought, we're going out of this tournament. Even when we missed, when Henderson missed, I still thought, we're, no, we're not going out. We're just not. We're going to find a way to win it.
2: You've got great positivity. I love it. Uh, well, the mate that I was watching the game with, when it came round to the penalties, he went and watered his garden what the flowers in his garden what, what were people like watching through their fingers there
4: they were yeah i mean a whatsapp message that went up there's a lad on in a whatsapp group I'm with he i think he's been to pretty much every game for for quite a few good few years he couldn't go to the game yesterday he had oh, to go home for work gutting. and he's coming back out now the thing is he he just he just went f that f this i'm going to go and walk the dog <laughs> when i saw that flash up on a phone, i thought yeah, that's just that. That pretty much sums up what what everyone's feeling at home. Nobody wants to watch it. Nobody no. wants to watch his penalty shootout because they know our record. Even though, let's face, it, none of our players have actually ever taken part in a penalty shootout for England. So you know, I don't know what difference history makes. Really, it's like it's that's like saying, oh well, it, in extra time, we'll we'll beat Germany every time. You know. it's because we won in 66. I know we lost in 96, but, but, you know, we've got a 50-50 record against Germany next time, I think. So, history doesn't really mean a lot when it comes to, um, how we're going to perform this time, because the players are different.
2: And I think Southgate, there, there must be the influence there that the players know what he's been through. And we, and we know that they practice penalties now The the sort of the environment and the pressure that there is, and the fact that none of them have taken a penalty in a, uh, in a shootout for England like that must must have been beneficial and helped them.
4: Yeah, expectation was a bit lower. I was quite surprised Vardy didn't take one. It did surprise me. I was thinking he would. I would have thought that he would be the first penalty taker, even over Kane,
0: to be able to was... in a penalty
4: shootout. I, I thought I didn't think Kane would go first. I thought Kane would go third or fourth. He right. went second, and I was expecting Vardy to go first. I must. So... Know, I wasn't
2: expecting Trippier to To step up to the mental, no. he was surprise for me. No, um, do you
4: know what? I, I would give him man of the match last night. I thought he was. I thought he was brilliant. He was. He's one of my men of the tournament. Uh, he, he's been brilliant this tournament. It's something about right backs because there's very few players that came out with any credit from the Euros. And the one, the one for me from our from our team was Carl Walker. I think he was from in 2016. So. We're we, we're good for right backs, aren't we? We we're, yeah. we're so good for right backs. We play two every game, <laughs> and even our left even our left back has got a right foot. Uh, yes. well, you said about Southgate after the game. He came out. It must have been forty five minutes after full time, and he was he was conducting the orchestra in front of the fans. He, you know, he was using his figures to to kind of you know conduct things and for the Southgate song. He was yeah. loving it. Jesse Lingard came over and gave his shirt over. Nick Pope and um, John Stones were dancing around in front of the players, must have been 15 20 minutes. And I think Glenn Hoddle was on the pitch as well with, with some of the lads, and they, 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 he was like talking to them. He'd come he, down yeah. from the
2: ITV studios because he was co commentator on ITV. Yeah,
4: yeah, I've, I've got a question his choice of jacket. I, oh. well, I looked over and thought, oh my word. So, um. <laughs> Like I said, I'm I'm saying I think it's going odd all because I didn't necessarily like his jacket. Jacket, just it's in his case he's listening to this. lights jacket it. was it? Yeah, no, yeah, just in case he's listening to this. So uh, you know, I don't I don't want to offend him. Just in case he that weren't me. Right. So yeah, but it was brilliant at the end. The fans that were there. I mean, we were outnumbered. I reckon 25 to 30,000 of them. Oh. They they made a lot of noise, and we were out. We we must have had in the England section a couple of
2: thousand. And when we spoke last, you said that there were a lot of Colombians around. Yeah, loads. I mean, you you, you were looking for one, and yeah, I, I walked five yards and found one, and I found a
4: whole group of them, and I found you too, didn't I? So, yeah. you, you know, yeah, they're they're absolutely everywhere, and I think they might well still be out here. To be honest, for the for the tournament, I, I think a lot of them are are staying out here for for the duration.
2: So. Were they good after the game? Did they take? Yeah, the there was a little
4: above. There was a little bit above where we were. There was there was a few of them, but and a, a couple of the bloods I was with were getting a bit irate, and I said, "Look, there's thirty thousand of them here. If there's five or six of them up there being be idiots, just don't worry about it. It's it's a minuscule percentage of them." I said, "Even if a thousand of them were being idiots towards us, it's still probably three percent, maybe four percent of them. So it's nothing really." That, but afterwards we're shaking hands. No problem whatsoever. They were quite gracious. And, and yeah, with no, trouble, no trouble at all. In fact, actually, we saw our first fight yesterday involving oh, the Russians. Oh, and really? it was on the Metro. And there was four girls that must have been 19, 20, 21, having a proper cat fight <laughs> on the tube. And we were thinking... This is the violence the Daily Mail were warning, the <laughs> warning all about. And, um, yeah, so if that's the only violence we see, happy days.
2: So almost to Samara. Sorted that out? Well, I'm currently trying
4: to book the train now, um, the free train. So, But I don't know what time that actually comes on. Um, comes on. I, I, I would have thought it would have been pretty much at full time last night, but it just hasn't. If anything, the amount of seats available has gone up because of the Colombians not, obviously... Cancelling their tickets yeah. that weren't conditional or, or whatever. So,
2: it's yeah. Um, to
4: Sweden, what do you think? Sweden, they, they should be an easier team than Colombia.
2: Well, they'll play um, a different style of football, that's for sure.
4: Yeah, yeah, it will be. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the Colombians, I thought they defended really well. Sweden, obviously, they do play a little bit different. They're not going to hit us on the counter attack like, like the Colombians. I think they'll, they will have a bit of a go at, a go at us, even when they're under when they're under pressure, so to speak, I think they will try and break us down. But their defence, I don't think the defence is going to be as strong as the Colombians. And I can see it being more than a one or two-goal game. I mean, it could end up being 3-1, 2-1. One, one, you know, some, something along those lines. We can't take them lightly, though. I mean, at one point, you, hadn't, hadn't we gone something like 40 years without beating them or something until recently, up until, what, forty six years ago or something?
2: We've, uh, I was looking on it. We've, we've played them about 20, 20 odd times drawn seven one nine lost eight something similar like that. I mean, it's it's pretty much as even as you can get. We've met them twice in the World Cup, yeah, and drawn. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be even, I reckon.
4: Yeah, I mean, but as as I said earlier, history doesn't really mean anything when it comes to for when it Very comes true. To form because you're talk, talking about players from what oh uh, two thousand and two. So mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we've got, we've got a player not from much before that that's now our manager. So, you know, that's, yes. that, that's, that's one way of looking at that. So uh, I do think, though, that um, they're they're not going to be easy. They are not going to be easy. But I was pleasant. I had a, I had a smile when, uh, when I saw that they beat Switzerland because I think Switzerland are obviously a better team. They're 100% a better team than Sweden. And we, we have got the better option. The big one for me is Croatia. I, yes. I've said this all along, probably on every single one of these podcasts. They're the team to fear in this tournament. And I said at the start of the tournament, I thought three of the last four would be, if, if it's doable for them all to be in the semis, I don't know, with the, with the draw and whatever, you'd have you'd have Brazil, Germany and France and then probably Croatia with them. And I, I said that from the start. Obviously, I'm kind of half right. Um, yeah, well, three quarters of the way right at the moment, so
2: we, we yeah. shall see. We shall see. Quarter final is on Saturday. Uh, we're talking on Wednesday. What are you up to for the next few days?
4: Um, as I said, I'm trying to book the free train at the moment for tonight, so that's that's our bed for tonight. And then, are we... so you going to head on and
2: try to go tonight?
4: Yeah, well, the, the, it's the free train, it's the only one that's available. and you know it's as good as a paid for train so we're mm-hmm. going to do that we're finding some apartments in um, samara at the moment that that are pretty cheap to be honest if there's like a group of 10 or 12 of us yeah. so um we're gonna we're have either a house we're pro- we're, we're looking at proper neighbors style houses oh with, yeah with, pool, with pools and stuff that are really relatively cheap but then there's also apartments as well that are really nicely kitted out i think we're Probably gonna go for one of them because there's one right near the stadium.
2: Yeah. Is that Dan and Dan on that?
4: No, Dan. Well, Dan uh, Bartlett's still here. Dan savile has gone home. He's got oh. he's, done, he's gone home. Starts a new job on the ninth. He was thinking about it, but from Samara Saturday, get back for Sunday night. No chance. No chance. No chance in that. Um, not at a reasonable cost. So he's managed to um to sell his ticket through FIFA, which is a doddle to be honest. They're really it- good. There's a load of touts camped outside the um, the ticketing centre, and basically, when the tout when the tout sells a the ticket, they then walk into the ticketing centre. They the, the, the FIFA people know they've sold them illegally on the street outside, but they transfer the ticket over to the person's name, and th- that's it. You know, they've been relatively um, accommodating to the touts, to be fair. Okay. FIFA have, <laughs> which is quite surprising. I thought, but really? but yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's managed to get rid of his ticket to a mate of ours. Actually, they've transferred it at the airport this morning. He's coming out for the uh, the final, but Dan Dan Bartlett's out here for the duration, and then um, we've got a, got a guy called Garth Beck staying with us at the moment who organised the England fans team.
2: Good stuff. Anyway, I'll I'll let you get on. I'll let you get that that train, or at least yeah. organise the oh, train. Book it. Yeah, yeah. Book it, yeah, and uh, and we can speak again after Sweden. Definitely. See ya. Right, let's go to Sweden and to Stockholm, where we can speak with with Lana Darwood. Good morning, Lana. Good morning. How are you?
5: I'm good, thanks. What about you?
2: Yeah, very well, thank you. So we're, we're speaking to you from Stockholm. Uh, how is Stockholm this morning? What's the atmosphere in Sweden?
5: Pretty exciting. Uh, I don't think the fans have been this exciting in a long time. Uh, it's, it's sort of like a new era, pre-Zlatan. Uh, so... Um, it's it's been very fun watching the team uh, so far. Uh, we've noticed in the streets uh, when we play, how excited everyone is. You can't see a soul on the tube or in the stores because everyone's watching the game. Uh, so it's been pretty fun. Uh, people are really excited about this team, uh, especially it being without Slatan and how far we've come. So you,
2: you mentioned Slatan there. Are people missing him?
5: Uh, it's I. It's up. You know, it's a mixed feeling. Uh, obviously, there's those who don't, who never liked him to begin with. Then there's those who miss him. Me being one of them. Uh, but it's not to take away from the team who's done so well without him. Um, yes, they. It seems like they're doing better without him. But they, now they're not dependent on him like they used to be. Playing a completely different other system, uh, being more reliant on each other compared to being reliant on one sole player, and obviously that's going to give you different results compared to before when everything went through him.
2: I mean, the last time England played Sweden, uh, we'll be quite glad not to have Slavutin <laughs> in the team because he famously scored that well, he famously scored four goals and that incredible overhead kick. Um, so we're we're kind of glad that he's not playing.
5: Well, well, it was your fault. You kept saying how he hasn't shown up against English opposition. Well, That's he had right. to. <laughs> we, we,
2: we gave him the bait, didn't we? We gave him yeah. the bait. Um, so you you qualified through the playoffs ahead of Holland, uh, and again you famously put Italy out. So we we should fear you, really, shouldn't we?
5: You should. Um... But I mean that goes both ways. Uh, I would say I don't think I think that Sweden are fearing England and showing more respect than England are doing to Sweden, which isn't surprising because English fans in general have a tendency to not show the opposition respect well from what I've seen when it comes to club football. I don't know how it is with a uh, national team but you know, you guys are claiming it's coming home. We've got to make sure that it's not.
2: <laughs> we're, we're very, we are very positive here. I'd like to think that we do, we do give the opposition the respect they deserve, but it's, this is a, a, a new era for English football as well. Like you say, for Swedish football, this is a new, a new era here. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're confident. Um, I'd like to think we're not going to get above ourselves, but, but we are
5: confident.
2: How how did you feel when that draw was made and you drew Germany, and and what's happened since?
5: I was like, oh great, we drew Germany again. I was <laughs> at uh, <laughs> cause I was at um, Euro qualifiers a few years ago, and the Germany team then compared to the one now, it's like day and night. They were so good message was at the heart of everything that was taking and now they just look like a shadow of the team they used to be but i think that seeing how mexico did i think sweden were very confident yeah. going forward but then the whole durmas thing happened uh you know unfortunately conceding that silly foul which led to the winning goal which led to some Sweden fans being awful. But I really like that the whole team has backed him. So many people have shown him so much love and support and basically used the racist chance as a strength to qualify by beating Mexico, beating Switzerland, hopefully England, and then going on. You know, yeah. they're taking it game by game.
2: Can, can you see yourself going towards or going past England and, and making it to the semi finals? Because that will be the, be, if you were to get to the semis, that would be the first time since 94, wouldn't it? Are, you, are you
5: mm-hmm. Sweden
2: looking that far ahead? Is the media, or the supporters?
5: Well, I think they're just taking game by game, uh, uh, seeing how English media has been with Sweden before, you know, noticeably the 2012 game how much they... Some might not still like Zlatan, but they still take offense to the fact that it was shown so little respect and Zlatan had to go out and basically just shut up the media by scoring (laughs) four goals. Um, Yeah. But I think there's, you know, there's a sense of respect there, knowing that you guys are capable of beating us if you really want to. And I think that they're just... Uh, studying how it wor- how you guys work, uh, key areas where we need to press and just take it game by game. I don't think they've t- thought that far ahead. No. I don't think anyone should, to be honest, uh, just treat every game as a final.
2: Okay, um, World Cup history between England and Sweden goes back to 2002 1 1 in Japan, 2 2 in Germany not going to be 3-3 again this time. Have you got a prediction for us?
5: I'm hoping that we, you know, avoid going to penalty shootouts. Oh, yeah,
2: join join the club.
5: No, no, but I I think that you could win since you won against Colombia. It gives you that edge and that confidence to actually be able to go far. That's my big worry with England is winning that first penalty shootout. In is that your first ever? Okay.
2: First ever World Cup penalty shootout. Yes, we yes. finally finally got rid of that off our back.
5: And I think that is such a major boost. And that's I was like, crap, that's such a boost to that team to <laughs> win it because now you basically can do whatever you want. Uh So like, please, avoid, just win before uh, we go next. Right. So I'm hoping Sweden win 2-1.
2: Okay, all right, Lana. Uh, are you open to people contacting you on on Twitter or something like that?
5: Sure, I'm on Twitter, Uh, the uh okay. You'll probably see a big uh, um, profile picture of MTT.
2: Okay, I'll, I will put a link to that on our Facebook page and our Twitter page, and and that. And uh, Lana, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I wish okay. you wish you all the best, um, <laughs> <You> but <too. laughs> uh, not not too much of the best, um, but. Continue to enjoy the World Cup.
5: You as well made the best man win.
2: Now, my sister has sent me a message, and my sister's not a football person. I haven't had a chance to actually clarify this yet, but her message says that in 1966, Real Madrid won the European Cup. Burnley qualified for Europe, Manchester City won the league, Chelsea finished 5th and of course England won the World Cup. 2018, Real Madrid won the Champions League, Burnley qualified for Europe, Manchester City won the league and of course you guessed it, Chelsea finished 5th. I've no chance to clarify it as I say. Could it? Could it? Will it? Of course it will. As always, a quick look at our England bloggers, englandfootball.org. They run with penalty plague ends at last. England won a World Cup penalty shootout for the first time ever as they saw off an ill-disciplined Colombia side in Moscow. Take a look at that report on englandfootball.org. Thank you to Gary Jordan and CJ Joyner for talking England, Lana Darwood for her Swedish view, and thank you, for listening, and to Classic Shirts for their continued support of the podcast. You can find them at Classic Shirts on Twitter. Search Classic Shirts for their website as well, and if you're so inclined, please do leave a review at your provider of choice. I'd be most grateful. Feel free to subscribe as well. If you are on your way to Russia, safe travels. Don't forget we are on Twitter at 3 Lions Podcast and search that the same on for the Facebook group on there. Of course, we play Sweden, 7th of June, a Saturday, 3 o'clock kickoff. It really does feel like football's coming home. I'll catch you next time when hopefully we can talk semi finals.
0: If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, check out the Classic Football Shirts HQ at the Box in Hackney. Screen in every World Cup match with a pop-up shop, World Cup artwork and small shirt display from the 14th to the 24th of June. Tickets for guaranteed entry can be bought through Eventbrite. Just search Classic Football Shirts London.